Your ass is prepared for this shit for fucking 365 days. I think about them fuckers in that locker room. Think about getting our opportunity. All the shit you went through this week to get ready for this game, now is when you pay the fucking price. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm. Hey, guys, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious. Ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about shit. Go out here and fuck their ass up. Don't think about the scoreboard. Don't think about shit. You think about knocking the shit out of them. Did you hear what Box said on Monday? When I sat in that fucking meeting, I wanted to go fucking play right then. Tore your shit up out here. Two years ago, fuck your shit up. Goddamn Ryan Joyce, tell me you fuck these guys up. You're going to play the right way. You play the right way. You knock their ass off. You stay off the fucking ground. You tackle the fucking man with the ball. The shit's easy. Look at the right shit. Punish their ass on offense and kick their ass on special teams, guys. It's about who the fuck we are. I believe in you. Let's go. With the eighth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Bijan Robinson. Running back, Texas. With the 12th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Wow. With the 20th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Jackson and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. With the 21st pick, in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Quinton Johnston, wide receiver, TCU. Well, that fits the bill, huh? Yeah, it's going to be easy for the equipment staff. Just take all Mike Williams-sized stuff and just give it right to Quinton Johnston. With the 22nd pick in the 2023 Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. With the 23rd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. The Jaguars have traded the 25th pick to the Buffalo Bills. With the 25th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. <laughs> Welcome back, boys. Draft is finally over. No more mocks, Jeez. No more mocks. Nope. It's all set in stone here. We got uh, places. Uh, we got landing spots for rookies, so I'm excited to get going here. Yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and start this off here. We're going to go ahead and just go look at a couple guys and just talk about the landing spots. Um, uh, we'll, th- well, obviously, Bijan, we got Atlanta here. Um. I I didn't ex- I really didn't think Atlanta would do it. I thought the odds were out there, but they did it. And um, what I'm thinking with this one is, you know, Arthur Smith just wants his guy. And I like Tyler Algier last year. He had a couple good games at the end of the season. Then you know, won some uh, some fantasy games, get you in the playoffs maybe. But I'm telling you, uh, I was really shocked that they actually did it and took Bijan here. Yeah, I mean, kind of in the same boat. I think uh, we both felt that. Perhaps adding to their defense made a lot more sense value-wise and just, you know, where they are as a team. Um, but, you know, they ended up pulling the trigger. Uh, I think, you know, Bijan's probably going to dominate that backfield, even with Allegier there. Um, I, I don't see him cutting into too much of his work. So I, there were, really wasn't a, a landing spot for Bijan that, you know, was going to be poor or, like, 
god damn it why'd he go here for me to be honest just because of how much talent I think overweighs the landing spot for Bijan. Um, but no, I, I still think he's locked in as the one one in, in dynasty draft. So it, it was just very kind of very surprising to see uh, Atlanta pull the trigger at eight with a lot of other needs that they could have filled. <laughs> a lot of other needs, absolutely. Okay, and then we'll go next here. Obviously, the one that shocked us the most, Jameer Gibbs going to the line, especially at the one twelve. Um I mean, or, or the, first, the first round with the 12th pick. That, I think, was such a huge shocker just because it's out of the norm. And it was just something that you could tell they were really, really excited to grab him. So when I first seen this, I, I was upset. Um, I didn't understand it. I'm um, starting to like warm up to it a little bit. Still something I wouldn't do. But um, just the way that they were excited and how they're going to use him and how they traded Swift immediately, it really made me think that they really got big plans for this kid. So... Um, that was one that really I, I was kind of skeptical to see, but at the same time, it, it it's something that's very exciting. And I love the pick. I, I mean, I love the player. I, I thought Jameer Gibbs, me personally, going into the draft, he's one of my favorite players uh, just from a PPR upside and uh, how well he did at Alabama, how, how basically Alabama redid their entire offense to basically center and revolve around Jameer Gibbs. Right. Uh, but I, you know, the landing spot is very juicy because the Detroit Lions offense is, I mean, was very explosive last year, uh, could score in a hurry if you really wanted to. And now you add, you know, another explosive weapon that you can line up in the slot, get him on the field with other running backs where he could run routes and uh, even run the ball between the tackles some. So I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have a Detroit Lions specific episode here in the future to recap oh, the draft, but uh, to kind of just give a summary without going off uh, in talking about just the Lions pick here and the Lions in general, I I feel it's a great landing spot for Jameer and especially the movement uh, f- to move uh, Swift the uh, the following day. I, I think it, like you said, it speaks to volumes of what the Lions think about Gibbs here and getting him at the 12th pick. Yep, I agree. And like I said, it was definitely like there was rumors of him going to the Jets, um, Patriots possibly. So, you know, like I said, I'm still upset with the, how high it was, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, we'll go next here. Um, JSN here going to the Seahawks. This one was very surprising. I didn't think JSN would last this long, JJ. And I don't know if that was just me. Um, you know, banking on just looking at the the, uh, the cone time, the way he did and the way he performed at the combine and kind of shut some people up. And I thought he really established himself as like, you know, maybe five to six picks ahead because he was that number one receiver. But he went, I mean, there was a run of receivers right away, you know, with JSN, Quinton Johnson, Zay Flowers, uh, Addison. So I it wasn't as big of a gap as I guess the NFL teams thought. So uh, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on him going to Seattle at uh, pick 20? I don't think it's a bad landing spot uh, just because I know Tyler Lockett's above. uh, He's over 30 years old. Um, So they needed some depth. They didn't really have a third receiver on that team. Um, And whether it's going to be, looks like it's going to be Geno here at least for another year or whoever they got at quarterback. um, I I do think that JSN could line up right away and fit in with DK Metcalf and the rest of that offense. So uh, as far as a landing spot, he's definitely the number one receiver. I think he cemented that in the pre-draft process leading up to this, but um, overall, it's not a bad spot for uh, JSN to go. I, I think there's plenty of balls and targets to go around in that offense. Um, you know, even if Seattle's going to want to run the ball and primarily control the game with the, you know, the running game, I, I still think that JSN is going to have a pretty safe floor. 
um, in that offense. I think he could, you know, right away he's their third best receiver, could emerge as their second best option. Yep, that's, that's perfectly said, JJ. I can't say that any better. Um, I really like the fit for the Seattle, though, like you said, based on Lockett and how could be the type of mentor, and then right when he needs to step in, I mean, he's going to go right in the slot, and he's going to dominate, in my opinion, too. No more Jalen Ramsey in the uh, the division. You know, you got the Cardinals, who just got rid of Byron Murphy. So, um, yeah, you guys still deal with the 49ers, but it's going to help out a little bit. So I do like the fit there, too. Um, Quentin Johnson here we got going to the uh, uh, Chargers. This one was pretty interesting because, like we were talking before with Mike Williams, it's kind of that same type of X receiver. So my, my first thought was, okay, you know, they're trying to get another weapon for Herbert, and maybe there is something going on with Mike Williams. Um, and then my second thought was it is, you know, he, he, can, ha- he can develop really good. He, I really think with the size and everything that he has over there, maybe they're just saying, you know, just in case Mike does mess up, you know, or has, is too injured that we just have a guy to fit right in with that spot. Yeah, this one was a little bit surprising considering all the chatter leading up to uh, the draft about uh, possibly getting rid of Keenan Allen or finding a replacement for Keenan Allen just because he's also above 30 uh, years old. But, I mean, Quentin Johnson and Mike Williams are pretty much the same receiver, are they not? Yeah, I mean, they really are. I mean, Mike Williams might high point the ball a little bit better too, but... um, You know, I like I like I mean, it though, just based on the fact that you know, do you just get more weapons for Herbert? You know, I mean, it's what, what, what can you do? It's first round capital too. So if he does do good, you got him for five years for sure. So it, it's it just you're signing Herbert this year, no matter what. So I I do like it from that part, but I just thought Addison would have been awesome here, man. Especially just staying in Cali and oh man, it would just been so electric. I really was shocked that they took him over Addison. I thought I was even when I seen it, I said this is perfect for Addison. So that's where I was like, you know what? I could kind of understand it a little bit, but at the same time, I think I would have chose Addison if I was them. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to lock up right there. I mean, the fact that you could have brought in Addison, uh, you know, kind of have him behind Keenan Allen for a year, but he could still step in and play the slot, and you can move Keenan Allen outside or around on the offense. Um, so it was a little bit surprising. I think we all kind of knew that wide receiver was going to be the pick here for the Chargers, just a matter of which one, I guess. So there, there could be something there with Mike Williams, right. um, just having injury history. Uh, certainly that, you know, that's certainly in play there. Uh, but as far as the fit, I, I think uh, the wide receiver was going to be the pick there anyway. And, you know, he's immediately steps in as their third wide receiver. With the the, uh, the ability to move into that starting X position if Mike Williams does happen to get injured or uh, if something does happen to one of, one of the two top receivers on their team. Nope, definitely definitely agree with that. Um, okay, so next year, Jordan Addison to the Vikings. We 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 pretty much didn't manifest this, but we thought this would have been great too um, just to get him you know a counterpart to work with him. And I love this for the Vikings. Us being Lions fans, I don't like it just based on – I think these uh, – these two can t- potentially be, obviously, Jefferson is, but, I mean, Edison is a potentially be a top 15, 20 receiver in the league. Just, you know, he when he gets hot, he gets hot. So I really love that pick for the Vikings there. I really thought they could have went uh, Will Levis there, kind of just sitting there at 23, you know, the way Kirk is. I thought that could have been a spot. But I think that they did the smart thing and went with Addison here. Yeah, this is actually a really great pick, um, in my opinion. And, I mean, just me personally, this type of fit and – scheme and uh you know kind of where addison's going to be on the field immediately taking over adam thielen as as a wide receiver too 
Um, you know, I think this fit is almost too good. In, in the, I th I'm thinking, you know, that Jordan Addison uh, could be the wide receiver too in this class uh, ahead of Quentin Johnson just because of that. Um, because like you said, a, a, the attention of the defense is certainly going to be on Justin Jefferson. Uh, if, if Jordan Addison comes in, picks up the offense, you know, he could be easily the starting slot guy and, you know, put up a thousand yards in his rookie year easily. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, we just, I love, like you said, if, if he can get hot, imagine if Jefferson's hot and then you got him and then Kirky's the way he's doing it. Um, don't know if Cook's going to be there, but yeah, I really like, I really like how you're pairing him up when you're going to re-sign Jay Jettas to a lawn deal. So you got both them guys there for a long time. I really like that. And he can, he can be that Stefan Diggs back in the old uh, Vikings days too. So I think that's a good fit. Um, Jose Flowers here to the uh, Ravens. I love, I like this a lot actually. Um, just based on, you know, this, like you said, with the type of offense that they're going to be implementing there in Baltimore. But what I really love about this, it just gives me the Hollywood Brown feelings again and how Lamar has his guy where he can just kind of go to, throw it deep, and he knows he might come up with it. Say Flowers being 5'9 or whatever, he has great traits of going to get the ball and actually coming down with it. And he just, like I said, I, I, I love the way he plays, and I think it's Hollywood brown S. And I think for Lamar, uh, Lamar, based on having OBJ and Bateman, you know, um, I think that'll fit really well, especially with what they're doing. So I really like this pick too, especially him getting, you know, the 20, uh, 21 capital too. So which was really good, um, depending on, um, you know, he went right by JSN and uh, Quinn Johnson with Addison. Yeah, an electric route runner. Um, I mean, the first thing that really popped off the the tape when I watched his highlights is. Uh, he's always open, so I think you fit him in as your slot guy here. You let Odell um, be on the outside there. Uh, I just think, yeah, it'll fit in, and you get a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin uh, coming from Clemson. So uh, I, I do think that they'll uh, put the ball in the air a little bit more than they will run the ball, but, I mean, Baltimore has always been kind of a smash-mouth type of team. Um, but either, even with, even, even if they want to decide to, you know, stick with their run scheme, uh, whatever they decide to do, I do love the fit here with Zay Flowers and, um, kind of showing that commitment to Lamar, getting him a deal prior to the draft and then going out and getting him another weapon. So, yep, um, I, I do it. think that the, the fit and, uh, the player here, they, there could be, uh, some big things here for Zay Flowers in the future. But do you think a, a move for D Hop still in the works? Possibly, you think they could do that, or do you think they just kind of did that with OBJ that they're gonna they're gonna pawn off on that, and the Chiefs or Bills can go go down that road? Nobody's willing to take on his salary. I, I think Arizona is gonna have to eat it if they want to move him. So I I don't know if he's getting moved at, at all this this year. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, okay. So then they got the next one here with Zach Charbonnet here going to Seattle. What a wild card, Jeej. And I love it for the Seahawks, but for fantasy, this sucks because we talk about this all the time. We think Charbonnet could be absolutely electric and could be a bell cow, but with him pairing with K nine, it it's really interesting because of the fact that you know Seattle does they're known for running the ball, but they just got JSN too. I I, I really didn't understand the landing spot for like. For them, but for team wise, I totally understand. You got your power back and receiving back, and you got K nine who can just, you know, pretty much hand him the ball whenever, and he's gonna do it. So, I, I just I, I want to know your thoughts on this one because this one was so out of left field. I really did not expect this. Yeah, well, it's fucking dumb because Zach Charbonnet is <laughs> not like a PPR monster. Like that was some that was the one knock on him coming out of the the college is that he he could be or you know he needs work with his pass catching he, he has potential to be great there but 
You know, it, it's not like he's going to come in and take over that role. I think there's another a running back that Seattle drafted later in the draft that has a better chance of becoming their third down back in their uh, in their passing down back. Uh, but no, this this fit sucks. I, I think if you're a Kenny Walker owner, you somebody who you you know were sitting at the five, six, seventh pick in the first round, looking at Charbonnet. It, you can't even really justify taking him there because of the situation. I mean, you just took Kenny Walker last year. <laughs> Potential, you know, he had a great rookie season. Got hurt at the end of the year, so I don't know if that played any part of making this decision. But, no, it, it sucks for Kenny Walker uh, owners. And, you know, if you're in the middle of that first round, you're kind of in no man's land looking at Charbonnet, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's pretty much that's that was me, especially having the one six here. You know, he was definitely a target. But does uh, can I ask you a question with this one? If you say you're a canine owner and you have him and you have around the one six to one eight, do you take him for the handcuff based off of that, or do you kind of go elsewhere and try to get one of those receivers based on um, you know, you just don't like you said you even got uh, Macintosh there too. That's going to be part of there. So I don't. What would you do in that situation? If you if you have K9, are you more likely to take Charbonnet for the handcuff, or do you kind of just rather go elsewhere? Uh, you certainly think about it. It depends on uh, how good you feel about your receivers. Um, you know, if you also need a receiver, uh, have a need at receiver, and, you know, somebody like Zay Flowers is there on the board at 1-5 or 1-6, I probably lean Zay Flowers. Uh, a little bit more than I would Charbonnet because, like, you bring you bring up Kenny McIntosh, who we might not even get to in this episode, but getting him <laughs> in the you know the fifth, sixth round, uh, he was one of the more more refined pass catching backs in in the in this draft. So I think he has a better shot of becoming their third down back. So that could be somebody that you target at the end, you know, maybe in the third round, uh, somewhere in there to mid late rounds of your dynasty draft. Uh, but certainly, you know handcuffing for Kenny Walker would not be off the table in my opinion just it would just uh, depend on what your other needs might be and if uh, who else is on the board at that time yeah and that's the thing too it what's crazy with this one is it's like even if one of them goes down I mean these guys have serious potential to be you know for the game RB1 if Walker goes down mm -hmm. or Charbonnet so that's so intriguing as well especially the way Seattle is and the way they run the ball so I, that was that was just really interesting to me. But yeah, I don't like the landing spot either. Um, but like I said for the team wise, I just it, they're going to be tough to to stop. They they did some really did some really good things I think in the draft. And um, like I said, even for the NFC West, I think they got a really good shot. Um, you know, for the 49ers to to run with them. But the, I would say definitely the landing spot. Not a big fan of. We will go Dalton Kincaid here to the Bills. Um, Bills getting up and getting Kincaid only a little bit, but they got him. And they got themselves a weapon. Uh, you know, I thought they could go maybe a receiver and try to get a JSN, that type there. Or uh, maybe trade up a little bit more. But I actually really like this, JJ, because, like I said, they're going to be splitting them out and, and all that, too. Um, I just don't know, um, like you said, for dynasty purposes, uh, where you would take in K based on, you know, they take a couple years to develop. But if you're a rebuilding team, like you mentioned before, um, I think this this could be worth the middle of the, the first round, possibly, um, based on him going with Josh Allen. Yeah, I think middle of the first is a little bit of a reach for a tight end. I think, uh, like you said, it takes a while. Even for a premium landing spot like Buffalo, he's still got Dawson Knox there, so it's not like he has that job entirely to himself just yet. Um, but certainly could come in and key passing situations, stretch the field. I mean, it's it's certainly a weapon for Josh Allen. 
Um, in my opinion, I think if you're a playoff team and you can afford the luxury of waiting and you have a good roster and maybe you want to stash a tight end to see if anything happens down the road, I think you're looking at maybe the 110, 111, 112. If, if me personally, you know, late first, early second, I, I just think mid first is a little bit too much of a reach, but, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the picks that uh, you know go down in dynasty do you know you gotta take a, into consideration what your roster looks like, what you need, you know where your other picks are. Because certainly if you have a one seven or one eight, Dalton Kincaid's not getting back to you at the two eight spot. So no, for sure. Yep. Um, but no, I do like the the the, the landing spot here. I, um, I mean, like I said, it's, he's not in a position where he's gonna get the you know get the starting job right away. I do think that. Buffalo will have some packages for him uh, and obvious passing situations. He'll be a red zone threat. He's definitely um, a more refined pass catcher already than uh, Dawson Knox is, but I, I think Dawson Knox is a little bit better blocker. And um, I know Buffalo is still going to want to run the ball, but overall I still think this is a solid pick. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, the only first round tight end that we saw. So definitely he's got the premier uh, draft capital to go with him um but still overall solid landing spot i, I think uh this cements him as the the tight end one in this class yeah and i was surprised though how um like i said with, like you said with the him being the only tight end i thought he did uh, he would go a little earlier too just kind of based on everything that we thought but like you said this is such a tight end crazy class that the teams know knew that and they waited and like I said, Buffalo got the best tight end, you know, late in the 20s. So I think that was perfect. But for the landing spot, I absolutely love it for Josh Allen owners. I love it for, you know, if you got Josh Allen here, I think this would be a smart spot to take him a little bit earlier if you had to. Um, but, yeah, him going to Buffalo is a good spot. Um, next we go here, Devin A-Chain to the Miami Dolphins. This one, just speed. Lightning in a bottle. I mean, you already got two guys with Hill and Waddle there. Um, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike McDaniel called him, and he heard the conversation. He goes, you're still fast, right? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I'm still fast. And it's like, okay, that's all That's all we need. And, you know, Mike McDaniel, he's a character. But um, I this, this fits so intriguing, man, because it's like this is such a home run spot. Like we talked about before, you know, send these guys deep and let this guy work in space, and he's gone too. Miami has such a fun offense, man. And it's just like – I, I love this fit for them. I just don't know how much they're going to use him. Like, like, how, is he going to get, you know, five to ten carries and maybe get a couple passes? Or, you know, how is it going to work? Because they, they brought Jeff Wilson back, and we're talking long term. Um, you know, but they really don't have their guy. They were in the Dalvin Cook running. I don't know if they still are or not. But is this guy more going to be a situational piece, or do you think this guy is something they could, they could build off them long term? I think long-term the fit makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Dolphins don't really have a guy that they feature. It was more, you know, a lot of rotational pieces, um, and I think it, it they will still use that approach because, like you said, Mike McDaniel coming from the Kyle Shanahan tree. I mean, I'm I was surprised San Fran didn't take a running back, but they didn't have many picks. But um, Jake Moody, baby. I think it, <laughs> I think uh, I think their running back room still has uh, Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson. So right away, you're probably not going to see the fruits of this pick work out. But I think um, as the season goes on, certainly they'll you know get him on the field more often, especially if he's making big play after big play. Um, so I do think he ultimately hops Zach Charbonnet as the RB three in this class too, just because of the the landing spot. But 
I think it'll take some time, like a lot of other running backs in this class and where they landed. I think it'll take some time for him, uh, for for you to see, you know, some production out of that pick. But no, overall solid landing spot. Miami needed a running back, like you said, they ran on uh, Dal- Dalvin Cook. Still could be for all we know, but um, overall, I think yeah, solid spot here for A Chain and uh, could potentially, you know, add to that offense certainly with the speed. Just imagine having just like all them guys in motion, dude. How fucking terrifying it'd be for a defense to have all them get them speed out there man it really makes you wonder but uh so yeah we'll go next here so you're talking about you know if he's going to be the guy right away or not or anything like that well this guy right here we talk about this is this is the most wild prospect i think so far in dynasty because we just don't know but kendra miller we know we like them both here um this landing spot with the saints we don't know what the hell's going on with kamara Jamal Williams only signed a two-year deal, but, you know, he seems like that's a more short-term thing. The guy's only 20 years old. Um, him going to the Saints is super, super interesting. Um, I like their offensive line. Um, and they even got a guard they drafted from Old Dominion this year, too. So I, I just, I really think this guy is going to be the one that we look at where it's like, you know what? This could be the one where Kamara spended, you know, five, six games. And, you know, Williams is the power back and they throw this guy in there. And this guy lights it up and they say, you know what, man? Kamara, you know, we owe you this money. We're just going to keep this guy. Like, do you think that's a possibility of something like that happening? Yeah, you know, I think um, the, depending on how it plays out with Kamara, they they certainly could, uh, you know, fill that void with Kendra Miller. Um, I think uh, if you want to, you know, look back to when the Saints were, you know, very competitive um, and Kamara was a very young player, I think, you know, uh, Jam- Jamal Williams is going to take over that Mark Ingram type of role, you know, handling the majority of the carries in between the tackles. Um, certainly you could work him in the passing game a little bit, but uh, he's more of a bell cow. He's definitely a north-south runner. Um, so uh, that void could certainly be filled by Kendra Miller early on if Kamara does get suspended. Um, but ultimately, this I think this situation, it, you know, it was kind of... Uh, a draft pick where I see Kendra Miller flourishing in the next two to three years. He could easily be the best back in this class just based on the position. Um, and certainly getting Derek Carr in there revitalizes that whole franchise. So um, in my opinion, it's a solid landing spot. But again, it's I think it's another one of those situations. It depends on what happens with Kamara. Do you know what's um, going to happen but, with um, that? I honestly am not too sure. I haven't heard anything. I, you might, I, I don't think he's going to get suspended for longer than six games, I would think, right? Yeah, it's the NFL. I mean, uh, as long as you don't gamble or smoke dope, you're not going to get gonna say, yeah. six games. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. No, I uh, like I said, I, we I love the player. Um, and like I said, the spot is great too. I just, you know, this is you know, there's these guys that when the, it's injuries, it's suspensions, whatever. These rookies that they get put in these spots and they just once they get in there, they 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 keep on going. They don't they don't let them go. So I I figured that this would be a question worth asking just based on that because like you said, Kamara, you know, a, a hefty salary for a running back too. You know, hitting the age of 27, so it makes sense on that point too. And they use his number 71 pick for for a running back is you know pretty decent. So I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and uh, right here it says Kamara's uh, trial begins on July 31st. So. We probably won't know more until the summer, and uh, the suspension likely wouldn't happen until the late summer here. So something that uh, if you're looking at Kendra Miller, uh, just have to see how it plays out. But, I mean, if you we're talking dynasty here. We're talking three, five <laughs> yeah. years into the future. I, th- I still think he'll be a quality pick for you down the road. Yeah, absolutely. So this guy right here next, he's been popping up, and it's uh, Rasheed Rice, man. 
And going to KC, um, you know, I think a lot of people expected it to be Hyatt. You know, he was there. Um, it wasn't. Uh, what's your thoughts on Rice going here? I, I like this a lot. And um, I just don't know what to think for people who have the Tony, Sky Moore, and all those two. Like, you know, how big of a factor do you think Rice is going to be right away? Um, and second of all, um, how is the KC spot for him, the way his speed is? Um, you know, I think I look at it this way. He's definitely a, a, a guy that could come in and fill the void of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster leaving because uh, he, he's not a guy that has a ton of speed. Uh, but he's got great hands, makes a lot of contested catches, and that's something that Patrick Mahomes could certainly work with. Um, but in my opinion, it's a very interesting situation, uh, you know, any receiver that gets drafted to the Chiefs automatically. I've, I, I just feel like any position. I mean, we've seen that the past couple years. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets drafted at the end of the first round. People immediately anoint him RB1 of that rookie class. Sky Moore is kind of the same way. You know, his stock uh, definitely went up. He got taken in the second round. So I do think that we're seeing the same effect here just because of the Patrick Mahomes being your quarterback. You know, if he can, you know, develop his route running and get open for Mahomes and still maintain his strength to get those contested catches, I, I think he'd be a quality pick and a quality player for you in Dynasty, probably looking at the late first, early second and in, in that range for him. Um, but no, it's certainly interesting just because of the, the offense that he's going into. But I mean, if you want to look at how the Chiefs flourished in their, in their offense without Tyreek Hill, it was a lot of short passes. So you know, that he might fit that mold just because he's not a speed guy. So, you know, if he's running short intermediate routes, having contested catches certainly uh, could provide you a viable floor uh, in fantasy if he does win that starting job. No, definitely. I totally agree with that. And like I said, even just being with him with Patrick Mahomes, it's going to jump him up other than the other receivers. Um, speaking of that next point um, with the quarterback with the receiver, what about Jonathan Mingo going 39th overall to the Panthers? Definitely did not see this one coming. Um, like the player, you know, a lot of people say that this could be the prospect in the draft that nobody's talking about that can turn into that A.J. Brown where no one's expecting. Uh, just that type of, you know, uh, dominant receiver. Um, I think for Bryce Young owners, this would be a, a great pick too. Jace based on, you know, you taking a guy with a 39th pick, you must have big things for him. And this is one where I, I, I struggle to understand um, where he goes based on that. So what's your thoughts on Mingo uh, with his capital being so high? Yeah, I think it surprised a lot of people to see him be, what, the fifth receiver taken in this draft uh, overall, yes. uh, or first in the second round. No, this was a prospect that I had my eyes on just because uh, it wasn't well known. I mean, you bring up A.J. Brown. He's from Old Miss, and, I mean, he has that same type of build, yep. six, you know, 6'2", 215, um, but a bigger body receiver. But uh, somebody that kind of went under the radar, but, uh, you know, kind of reading about him, knowing that the Pittsburgh Steelers were even scouting him and had him in for a visit. <laughs> it's I just tells you right something. There, yeah, that, that right there tells you a lot because uh, the Steelers rarely miss on receivers. So um, to me, it, it wasn't too much of a shock to see him taken uh, in the early second because I knew that he was kind of climbing up draft boards as a, as a prospect to watch. Um, but certainly he could, you know, arguably be the best receiver in this class. The situation isn't, you know, fantastic. Um, and, you know, a lot of the 
receivers that land. It all depends on who their quarterback is. Certainly if Bryce Young turns into who we think he might be, um, then, yeah, this could be his number one guy for years to come. So it's an interesting spot. There's definitely a lot of receivers in this uh, in this wide receiver room as of right now. I think Adam Thielen is going to hang on to the starting spot, um, you know, as the number one receiver in this uh, DJ. on this team. You have DJ Chart coming over. Um, so I, I think Mingo right away can compete for that third spot, um, even maybe uh, over one of, you know, Adam Thielen or DJ Chark, depending on what happens in camp and uh, and early in the season there. But I think it's an what intriguing spot. What about T. Marge? Uh, you know, he's not, a, he's not this uh, regime's guy, so I, I think he'll get a shot. But, I mean, he's he's got to stay healthy and uh, – show that he improved i mean certainly he's still young i mean uh i think he's got another year or two left on his deal i believe it's at least one more year so i mean you could move on from chark after a year it all, it all really depends i think um they, they were drafted in very similar spots in their respective drafts but you know terrence marshall just hasn't uh quite hit that next step uh, for him to you know kind of validate uh, me being a, him being a real threat to Mingo here. I, I think uh, if you take Mingo probably in the late first, early second, right around where that Rashi Rice uh, spot could be, I think you'll be comfortable with that. But yeah, like I said, there's a lot of receivers in that receiver room, so we kind of just have to see how that plays out in uh, in the summer and the fall. No, I totally agree. We got Michael Mayer here next, going to the Raiders. Um, we got second round capital. Uh, this one was, uh, I really like it for the Raiders. You know, you get rid of Waller, and um, once you get rid of Waller, you get rid of the contract that you just paid him. Uh, you let him go, and then there's definitely that spot there. You got the whole Foster Moreau thing that's happening, which we pray for him. Um, it, it works out for him. So I think this was a, a hell of a pick for the Raiders, especially, like, in the second round. Um, so I think this could couldn't have been a better fit for him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I like the fit a lot, too. Um, I mean, they bring in Austin Hooper and A.J. Howard, uh, but, you know, McDaniel's coming from the Belichick tree. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they're going to run multiple tight ends, so I, I do think that there's a, there's definitely a path for Michael Mayer to get on the field early. And, I mean, it's not because of just, you know, how solid of a pass catcher he is. Uh, he could do pretty much everything that you need from a tight end, including blocking and uh, the short passing game, uh, red zone threats. So, I do think that there's uh, there's definitely a path for him to get on the field early. Uh, you'll probably see him in multi t- multiple tight end packages. Um, but uh, for fantasy purposes, I think you're looking at him in the second round, maybe the late first, depending on how bad you need a tight end. Um, but uh, again, he's not in the tight end room by himself, so he's probably not going to be the starter right away. But as far as a uh, as far as a fit and where you know kind of how we project the first couple of years of his career playing out um, certainly could take a stranglehold on that starting job by the end of the year. I, I don't think Austin Hooper and OJ Howard are, are going to be the guys that ultimately uh, for Vegas down the stretch. So I like the pick. I like the fit. Um, interesting to see uh, how that all plays out for him. No, I, t- I totally agree. I think it'll work out pretty well actually for him, uh, especially like you said, uh, Garoppolo, you know, safety net tight ends, you know, like I say, mm-hmm. he might not get it right away, but I I, li- I like it for, for Vegas to have that captain type of player. And like I said, Mayer, he's a good blocker too, so it helps Josh Jacobs as well, um, even though he's on a franchise. So, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, Here we go. Anthony Richardson going to the Colts, man. 
I mean, Shane Steichen, I mean, Will Levis, the whole, the rumors we were saying, Will Levis, everybody loved Will Levis. You know, there was rumor I heard that the Colts were thinking about taking him in the second round. I don't know if that was true or not, but that was just Ursay being an idiot. <laughs> what? But that was, that was really funny to hear that. Uh, what's your thoughts on Anthony Richardson here? Um, does he have the chance to be the best quarterback here? Um, I think fantasy wise, but does he have the best chance to be the best quarterback here in real life as well? Well, I, I mean, you look at the landing spot. Indy's got some some things going on offense. Um, I, I think they they were one of the teams that had a pretty good draft as well. Um, they, they target another receiver uh, in the draft, so you get him another weapon. Uh, you still have Pittman. You still have Jonathan Taylor there. Uh, so as far as the fit, he's in a situation where he doesn't have to play right away. Uh, Gardner Minshew just signed a deal there, so he's very likely going to start out as the guy. Um, so yeah, you know, Shane Steichen has a lot of work, you know, work with, uh, good work with, uh, Jalen Hurts in Philly. Uh, so I like the situation. I, I don't know as of right now, if he's the QB one for me, um, the fantasy upside is, is, uh, you know, through the roof, it's unlimited with his rushing ability. Uh, if, if he's able to, you know, learn the playbook, learn how to read defenses and make accurate throws, then I mean, yeah, you, fuck, you're looking at you know Michael Vick 2.0, damn near. <laughs> so, uh, it's not he's not going to a total situation where he has to start right away, and there's like absolutely nobody there for him to help. So, he's he's in a uh, incubated type of situation for a rookie quarterback. So, I think early mid second is probably where you're targeting him, and I, I you know let him sit for a year at least, and. I think you'll be happy if he if you know everything else plays out. But if if anything else, he's got that rushing upside, much like a Justin Fields does. So even when he does finally get a hold of the reins and is the starting quarterback, um, he's going to have a pretty decent floor just because he'll be able to run the ball. Nope. Yeah, I totally totally agree. I love the landing spot for him. Um, and like I said, it really intrigues me that they said that they're going to throw him out there right away. I don't know if they're just bullshitting or not. But Ursay was saying that the best way to learn is to to get out there and on the field. And I, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to say a word there. But at the same time, you know, a couple preseasons games, you might see some flashes and it might even be enough to throw him in there and just see what he does. Um, You know, so I, I really like the spot. I just I think that having Pittman there for the, for the long deep threat, go up and get the ball just in case of the accuracy issues. Um, and you got a guy we're going to talk about next here, Josh Downs. Having him there, too, um, I really like just based on him in the slot, too, for Richardson to get it out quick. So uh, I think he's got a lot of weapons to work with. And uh, the, with the tight ends there in Indy, they got a nice amount of tight ends to work with. So I, I think he, th that's actually a really good spot for him. Yeah, I, I think we're both in lockstep. The, the, the landing spot definitely helps uh, as far as, you know, He's got weapons there. He doesn't have to play right away. A coaching staff that's worked with mobile quarterbacks prior. So yep. um, it'll be interesting just to see how it all develops in forum. And, I mean, the, the whole knock on Richardson was just passing accuracy. Didn't start many games in college. So, um, I, I you know, there's a reason Jim Mercer pays guys to do the job for him because, <laughs> right. I mean, if you're letting him run your damn team, good luck to you. Wild. But. Yeah, wild child. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about that. Josh Downs here. Next, we're going to talk about um, him going to the Colts. Went a lot later than expected um, for me personally. I thought he could have been possibly a mid-two mid, mid two, um, just based on, you know, just the type of tape that he had out. And, like, he was just very consistent. And I like the spot for the Colts. I thought he could have went earlier. But w what's your thoughts on uh, Josh Downs here? 
Yeah, I think uh, I'm in agreement here. I I really thought Josh Downs was going to be one of the names that, you know, right after we saw Jonathan Mingo go and Rashi Rice, I'm like, okay, you know, I I think Josh Downs could be somebody that's targeted here in the second round as well. But then it doesn't go to the third round, but uh, I still think uh, it's a pretty good landing spot. I I think he's going to step right in to take Paris Campbell, uh, him leaving the Giants. Um, I think he's got a shot to to earn and be that slack guy for the Colts right away. So, um, no, I think you're looking at, again, middle of the second round, likely for Josh Downs, mid, early to mid second round pick in dynasty drafts. Um, and I think you could get a guy that steps in right away and could be your slot receiver. Uh, it, again, he's a burner. He could, he could, you know, potentially take the top off a of defense if he had to. Uh, works very well in space. I, I think if you get him in some screens, um, you know, get him, get him the ball in short intermediate routes in space. Even, you know, if he wants to do, if we want to run him in uh, deep on long routes, I think that's something he can do. Um, but no, I think the fit is very intriguing just because of, uh, the opening that Paris Campbell, uh, creates going to the giants. I think he could, he could be somebody that steps in right into that slot receiver. No, I totally agree. I, I think this right here would be a great pick. In the middle of the second round in Dynasty, I'd be jumping all over this, especially in PPR leagues. Um, like I said, the fit, everything. Um, if he's there in the middle of the second round, that's a no-brainer for me. Next here, we get very intriguing prospect. Tajay Spears going to the Titans here. Uh, kind of wild here. Um, he actually went around, you know, uh, he got good capital. So the thing is with this one with the Titans, like you, you talked about this and you brought this to my attention, which I had no idea, JJ, but this guy's only got one ACL. Yeah, this is the the big red flag, I guess, on him uh, in the draft process is that uh, a lot of scouts said that he was the third best running back in this class, hands down. He was right there behind Bijan and Gibbs. Um, but this uh you know the fact that he's had multiple knee surgeries he doesn't have an acl and i believe it's his right knee uh which i can relate to i went 10 years of my life tear with a torn acl and it was fucking hell so i don't know how he's playing football dude in the nfl (laughs) i don't know how this guy straps on the pads each saturday and you know rushes for you know whatever he did 15 1600 yards at Tulane, whatever the number is but Anyway, the injury concern, there's there's real concerns about the knee here. I mean, you look at he's technically has arthritis in his knee and he's got like very little to no cartilage in that knee too. So uh, for him to even get third round draft capital is surprising as hell knowing that. Uh, but I mean, the landing spot is great. Uh, I think, um, you know, Hassan Haskins was drafted last year. I believe he was a sixth round pick, I want to say. He was a very late pick, I believe. So to get third-round capital, you're, you're probably going to slot behind Derrick Henry right away. And, I mean, there was even rumors that the Titans wanted to move Henry. So if he could stay healthy and, you know, that knee doesn't become a lingering issue, this is certainly a, a good value pick maybe at the end of the first. Uh, if I'm at the end of the first, I don't know if I'm taking him, though, just because of that knee it's injury. It's tough, man. It's not it's, his fault, but wow, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, exactly. It's not his fault. It's just very crazy uh, that this kind of came out, and you know, now everybody kind of knows. So I think if he's there early, mid-second, I think you kind of have to take him just based on how valuable running backs are, the situation that he is, but... I mean, that injury thing is kind of concerning, in my opinion. No. But we'll see. I mean, if he is able to play two solid years of college football after that, I mean, he could, I guess he has something that he's doing. 
No, I told I totally agree. I hope the best for him. That is an, uh, for you to like know personally how that is, and for him to do that it gives you the most respect for him. I could tell. <laughs> so, I mean, more power to the guy. But yeah, I hope the best for him, man. And like I said, I think if Henry does go, I think you're going to be seeing him, especially with the dynasty drafts if they're later in the year. If Henry is gone before that, um, he's going to be going a lot quicker in the in the first round based off of that. Um, I agree. So next year we got this one was really weird. I'll let you take this one first based on um, you having Jerry Judy. But Marvin Mims here. What's your thoughts on Marvin Mims? Uh, he was one of the receivers that I really liked uh, going into the draft here. Uh, Denver, I thought sorry, he'd be probably uh, I thought he'd probably be like a third round pick. Um, he probably I, I figured he'd get day uh, day two uh, capital. Um, I, I had him right behind Josh Downs. They're very similar um, in size and what they do um, as far as, uh, you know, their play style. More of a slot guy, but certainly Marvin Mims. He's 5'11", so he's very close to that. I feel like a lot of teams put that six-foot uh, height threshold for you to play on the outside. So if he, he, he can play a little bit on the outside. I mean, he did at Oklahoma, and so did Josh Downs. But I think ultimately they're both pegged as, uh, as slot guys here. Uh, but for him to go to the Broncos is is very interesting uh, because you bring up Jerry Judy, you bring up Tim Patrick, um, and then you even bring um, the other receivers that they have in the fold. I, I think, you know, one of them's getting moved. I, I think um, it's very possible that Cortland Sutton is that guy that gets moved. I've heard that uh, Sean Payton really likes Tim Patrick. Um, I think, you know, Jerry Judy being a top 15 pick, uh, when he came out in the 2020 draft, he, certainly you have to utilize that draft capital, even if, even if you weren't the guy that took him there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you bring in Marvin Mims. Uh, I just think yeah, somebody's getting moved uh, from uh, that wide receiver room. So it's very crowded at the moment. Um, but as of right now, I, I think the landing spot's intriguing just because of what you know this offense could look like under uh sean payton here and I, I think it does ultimately spend the spell uh the writing on the wall for kj hamler as well um unfortunately just has had injury after injury to start his career so it's nothing that you can really knock against him he really hasn't shown the opportunity that he can flourish in this league but i think you might be looking at Cortland sutton getting moved because now you have a, a really crowded receiver room yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I wanted to ask you on that base and having Judy. Uh, I it's one of them's got to go. I feel like, and the, the guy think mm-hmm. here, the Broncos only had five picks and they took a receiver, so it kind of makes you with their first pick they took a receiver. Uh, one of them's definitely got to go. Um, but I do like Mims as the prospect too. I think he's got a shot here, especially you know even getting it with their first pick with uh for the Broncos. I think he's got a good shot to play, um even this year too. So yeah, I like the, I like the fit a lot. Um, next year we go with the one of my favorite fits of the draft, um, based on just the type of receiver that. I mean, even it's only in the third round, but Jalen Hyatt here going to the Giants. Um, like I said, he's got to compete with Slayton. He's got to compete with Wandell. Wandell's going to control the slot, but for just Danny Dimes to just huck it, I mean, I I love this fit, and I think like he can really thrive with the Giants just because they really don't have that receiver that could take over and. He gets the coaching. He gets his. I'm telling you, Jalen Hyatt, I feel like, could take over as a number one receiver in the Giants, and especially for the value you might be getting him at where it says here, you know, um, late second or mid-second. I think I, I, th- I really think that, that that's a good spot. 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you here, Helzer. I I'm really thinking that Jalen Hyatt's kind of a one-trick pony with the speed. Um, you know, he had that one breakout year in Tennessee. Don't get me wrong; he's a great player. Um, I think uh, in the right situation, uh, he could flourish. Uh, this this might be a pick. You know, it could it could just be even the type of player. Uh, it's a, it's a pick that makes more football sense than it does fantasy sense. Again, he's going to a, a crowded receiver room. Uh, the Giants bring in Paris Campbell. Uh, you mentioned Wandell already being in there. They bring in Jamison Crowder. They bring back Hodgins and Shepard, which I was kind of surprised by uh, bringing back Shepard. He's 30 years old, battling injuries there. So I thought they might move on from him. They never want to uh, leave him, I feel like. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 I feel like that, too. Like they, They've been very loyal to Sterling Shepard. I mean, he's been he's been good when he's healthy, but lately he just hasn't been healthy. Um, so he, he's got uh, he's got a crowded receiver room, but I mean to me, he, he's he's just not the ideal fantasy receiver in my opinion. He's gonna have to definitely work on the route running um, and being able to get open, um, but that speed is certainly gonna help him. Uh, I mean, like I said, this could be a better fantasy or it could be a better football pick just for the scheme that the Giants want to run rather than being a fantasy guy. So ultimately, he could be the wide receiver one. Uh, take the top off a of defense. Uh, to me, he's a real boomer bust guy. So he's got uh, almost an unlimited ceiling with the speed and his ability to, you know, make big plays, run after catch. Um, but the floor is going to be very limited just because of that. Do you think he could be like a Will Fuller? I think he's exactly like Will Fuller. I think you know, if he, uh, unfortunately, again, injuries that is what ultimately did Will Fuller in. Um, but I mean, if. If Danny Dimes could take another step forward, I think, you know, he, Danny Dimes was a top 15 quarterback in the league as far as PPR goes, in my opinion. Yeah. So that was, I think that was a huge step from the, you know, the previous regime. I think Brian Dable kind of sees that, you know, dollar store, you know, type of Josh Allen uh, comparison <laughs> that, you know, he's not quite Josh Allen, but I mean, kind of is the same build, kind of is the same play style. So if he takes another step forward, certainly, you know, it, I don't think he's got the, the rocket laser arm that Josh Allen does, but I think he's still has a good enough arm to move the ball down the field. And certainly Jalen Hyatt could be a um, a target for them, but I, I just don't see it for fantasy purposes. Nope. No, I can totally understand that. I just, like I said, when I see Hyatt, um, it, it, I just, there's no receiver that excites me on the Giants. Even Wandell. Mm-hmm. There's no one that really excites. He really excites me, and it's like I feel like if he just keeps on getting hot and hot and hot, and they just find ways to give him the ball, he's got the confidence. I feel like where they don't really have that alpha one, one receiver, even though he does have to work on his route tree. I do agree with that. Um, I just I really like you know based on if he gets hot, he gets hot, and we've seen how those type of players, the Will Fullers, um, how they can help you in fantasy. Uh, based on if they get that consistent uh, target basis so I think it'd be a good for like you know a mid-round flyer second um like I said I just mm-hmm. um and I do like Danny Dines I like Danny Dines more than most people I really think that he could actually throw a deep ball um and get it to him too so I really like that as well and uh next here we'll go this is one that I don't know if I'm on a hill on myself too but I really like this player and the the what I want what I think of this is he climbed up draft boards so crazy, and it was just because of the Senior Bowl. And it was it's Jaden Reed here, and um, him going to Green Bay is really intriguing. Um, like I said, he's looking around here, the early pick in the uh, third round, even late second on some of these mocks I see. Um, so I, I just I, I think Reed, um, the way that you like I say he could be this a wide receiver three, he doesn't have to be a two or one, 
based on what it is there, but he just has the capability to go and get touchdowns. And I just feel like for that type of value and being with the Jordan Love, you know, maybe Romeo Dobbs, he 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 beats him and gives the is a wide receiver too there next to Watson. So, what's your thoughts on Jaden Reed going to the Packers? I really like this pick. I I think uh, it wasn't very surprising, like you said, uh, a player that really uh, were built his stock up during the Senior Bowl uh, during the practices. Uh, he was always open, always winning the one on one drills. Uh, he doesn't have the blazing speed, you know, that breakaway speed. Um, that you see, you know, in some other receivers. Uh, but I think he's fast enough. He runs great routes that he's going to be able to get open for Jordan Love. So um, I think he brought up to, you know, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs really being the only receivers on this roster now. So there's definitely a, a path for him to be uh, getting on the field very early and often. And, you know, they could use him on kick return. Um, you know, they, they probably will early on, but I think that that experiment will end once they start. You know, I think he has the capability of making some plays here in the Packers um, for Jordan Love. I mean, certainly you had to get him some weapons. The Packers also went out and got two tight ends. So yeah. um, there's there's plenty of opportunity here for uh, Greg Roman, the coordinator yeah, cert- there now. <laughs> <laughs> certainly behind Christian Watson. Um, I don't think he'll be the wide receiver one, uh, but yeah, certainly in the mix for wide receiver two, wide receiver three to be the slot guy. Um, so no, I, I really like the landing spot and I, I was a really big, uh, Jaden Reed guy, uh, coming into the draft as well. You know, had the production in college, had a great senior bowl week. So, um, only did gr- good things for his stock. And I mean, it proves that being a, one of the, uh, I think he was a top 10 receiver that was picked. So I think he was right there behind Mingo. Yeah, no, I, I like I said, I think Reed here, uh, I, like I said, at first, you know, you look at these mocks and Reed wasn't even up here. Then the senior bowl happens, he moves up, and then the draft process, and he just kept moving up and up. And I, I thought he would go maybe late second, early third, and it perfect for him. And Green Bay, like we talked about, I just, I really think he's got a good opportunity there. So here, we'll go ahead and um, we'll wrap this up here. The tight ends here. We only mentioned Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer. Is there any other tight end spot? Because there's a whole bunch. We could be here all day based on where they went. That you were like, wow, you know what? That actually is very intriguing. And I'm just curious about that. Uh, yeah, I'll throw two out here for you, Helzer. Um, obviously, I think the first one being Sam Laporta. Um, me and you both being Lions fans, I think we kind of talked about uh, who the pick would be at 34. And I... I pretty much told you, I'm like, it's going to be a tight end, so be prepared for that. Yep, and yep, yep. Sure, sure enough, it was Sam Laporta. But I think Sam Laporta is is a guy that it, he's not a great blocker, but um, route, uh, run after catch is something that they highlighted a ton in his highlights in the breakdown of this pick. Uh, certainly Rit. a guy that will be able to catch passes, make defenders miss. Um, it fits the mold of what they have with like Amon Ross St. Brown, what they had with Swift and what they're replacing with Gibbs. Um, you you know, get these guys in space, get them open and let them create after the catch. Uh, but he's going into a tight end room. That's, you know, was predominantly a tight end by committee last year. So there was real opportunity for Sam Laporta to become a starter in this league very quickly and kind of learn on the fly. Yep. Um, and I mean, another Iowa guy. Uh, so, you know, in comparison you. to hot. The comparisons to Hawkinson uh, will be uh, probably, you know, right right away, uh, I think, uh, for Lions fans. But, you know, it's a situation where there's so many tight ends in Detroit already that he doesn't have to, you know, become, you know, the the top, you know, like it, we didn't spend the Lions didn't spend top 10 capital on him. So 
there was less pressure on the on him than there was Ebron and and Hawkinson uh, right away. But somebody to keep an eye out on uh, for you know somewhere in that second round uh, for dynasty leagues. I don't two eleven two twelve ish. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a first round pick, but um, certainly mid second round is where I could start thinking about taking him. But yeah, late second round perfect landing spot uh for a, a playoff team that maybe didn't get Kincaid or uh Michael Mayer that slid in the first yep okay. um and then another tight end that I will uh mention here uh Luke Schoonmaker going to the uh Dallas Cowboys a second round tight end um kind of being a little bit of a bummer being a Ferguson guy I you know I was shocked had, I really didn't had, think that they were had, going to yeah I had stock in him but um, I, I think this is an interesting pick as well because uh, ever since they had Jason Witten, um, Dallas has been almost not really tight end by committee, but they've had two or three guys in their roster that they could plug in and you know still have that offense, uh, you know, uh, not skip a beat. So uh, this could be something to look out for, you know, if you're if you do have Jake Ferguson in dynasty, um, somebody you know just to kind of have if one of them develops quicker. I think Ferguson does have a hold on the starting job right away, and I think ultimately Schoonmaker um, right away is going to be behind Peyton Hendershot. Uh, but, I mean, he's a very athletic guy, uh, kind of raw when it comes to his pass-catching ability. But, I mean, 6'6", 250, he's got great size and uh, certainly could uh, develop into uh, the tight end two or maybe even the starter here in Dallas. So uh, one to keep an eye out for, I would say probably in the third round of uh, dynasty drafts for sure. Yeah, I say about third, third, third round be perfect there. Um, what about the Green Bay tight ends here? Which one was better? Would you think the Musgrave or the Tucker Craft? <sighs> I like both of them. I, <laughs> I thought Musgrave was another one of those guys coming out of Oregon State that uh, he was going to be, uh, you know, kind of in that Dalton Kincaid mode where he could come in right away and probably catch, you know, 40, 50 balls his yep. rookie year. Um, so I like the fit, you know, I think, uh, you know, moving on from Robert Tunyon, who I believe is in Chicago now. Um, so the tight end room is very open here in green Bay. I was surprised that they went back to the well to get Tucker craft, but, um, I think Luke Musgrave is probably going to be the starter here if I had to pick, but, um, certainly could see, uh, with, you know, without Aaron Rodgers, the, I, th I think the Packers are going to want to run the ball more. So you'll probably see more two tight end lineups here. Um, so there's certainly the ability for Tucker Craft to find his way out on the field. Um, kind of hate to see, you know, both of those rookies land in the same team, um, just because I do think Tucker Craft there was there, you know, potential for him to be, uh, you know, good somewhere else. But um, I no, I like Luke Musgrave a lot. I think uh, he's he's got the first crack at the starter. Um, and he could be a very big threat in that offense and could, you know, develop into a, a reliable target there for love. Yeah. And then do you, does this make you think that a lot of play action is going to be going down too, based on having two tight ends here? Uh, or is it just based on the best player available and you kind of just go about your scheme change based on your quarterback? I think, yeah, you, uh, you know, moving on from Aaron Rodgers, you got to look at your scheme. You know, it's not like you can sit back in the pocket and let Jordan Love throw the ball 40 times a game like you did with Rodgers. Um, I think they're going to be more run-oriented. Um, again, uh, they uh, they have the same type of philosophy when it comes to running backs, you know, like San Fran, like a Miami. So I think they're going to be willing to run the ball more. Um, I think they'll uh, want to run the ball more. So, I, you know, kind of a development of a new scheme under 
almost a rookie quarterback, not necessarily a, a true rookie quarterback, but um, ultimately, yeah, I think it's just a, a product of uh, a different scheme and uh, what they want to do offensively. All right, so the next one I want to ask you, Jeej, um, a lot of running backs here went later than we thought. Um, which one stood out to you the most that was the biggest drop? And then what also, uh, coming off that, one did you see that was maybe later that, hey, this one, this one's really surprising. I think this guy can contribute pretty, like, right away almost or even closer than people think. Yeah, so I think the biggest drop, uh, in my opinion, uh, is probably Zach Evans. Um, I think he has the talent. He was a five-star recruit. You put on the, his tape, he's he looks like the part. Um, but, I mean, he ultimately falls to the sixth round. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he never really took over the starting gig. I mean, he was at TCU originally, lost that job to Kendra Miller, and then goes to Ole Miss, ultimately outproduced by a freshman. But, I mean, the talent is there. Some I figured somebody would take a shot at him maybe at the end of the third, early fourth round. Uh, but falls of the Rams in the sixth round. So uh, it's not great draft capital. But certainly Zach Evans could be a guy where, you know, you take him in the third or fourth round of your dynasty mocks and stash him. And, you know, given Akers kind of has an injury history, um, he might be worth, you know, a flyer in, in the mid to late rounds in your dynasty rookie mocks. But that was one that kind of surprised me to see him fall all the way to the sixth round. Me too. Um, you know, but uh, somebody uh, in your other question was a landing spot who had uh, some of these later in uh, picks in the landing spot. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Like okay. Someone later that you think that uh, went maybe a little bit later than you thought, but you're like, I think this guy's got a good opportunity based on the team fit. So I actually have maybe two or three go ahead um, man. so maybe even four there was a couple that i was like wow i really like that pick i really like that spot chase brown um, on there <laughs> first, he, he definitely is uh first one is rashawn johnson i think uh him yep. going to the bears uh i believe it was the fourth round um I, I i i see this guy being the david montgomery replacement i mean six foot two 222 just a bruiser just a big back um, they signed Dante Foreman for one year, so I think they could easily move off of Foreman. You still have Khalil Herbert there. Um, they certainly, you know, developed that one-two tandem with rookie uh, with Khalil Herbert as a rookie. Um, so I think there's a path here for Rashawn Johnson. Probably won't see again. A lot of these running backs that I think will be taken in dynasty mocks, you probably won't see production right away. But this is something that you know, if you know Foreman gets hurt or he doesn't perform well. Um, even after this year, you know, they move away from Foreman. Now you got Johnson and Khalil Herbert. I think he's very, he's set up to be, um, the guy that could get the role behind, you know, Foreman could be the, the RB two with Khalil Herbert handling, uh, the third down and passing situations. Um, but to me, I think that's a great fit. Um, great pick. And I, I thought it was great value by the bears getting him in the fourth round. Um, you bring up Chase Brown. That's another one that I was like, wow, that's a great pick and a great fit for Chase Brown too. Um, you know, staying very relatively local, uh, playing his college ball in Illinois, but there's really nobody behind, uh, uh, Joe Mixon right now. Um, you got Travion Williams there. Uh, I believe he was a very late round pick, um, last year, two years ago, I believe for the Bengals. Uh, but Chase Brown, there's opportunity for him to step in and be the RB2, be that handcuff for a guy who's going to put up, put up 1,400 yards. And, Legal issue, uh, too. Joe Mixon has had a very too much, uh, very troublesome uh, offseason. So this is a very weird situation. 
uh, for Mixon owners because you probably aren't taking him in the first round, and he's probably going to be gone in the second round. But uh, Chase Brown, another guy that I like to fit. Um, again, he's got he's got a real good opportunity to actually be the backup, and um, you know whatever happens with Joe Mixon, if the Bengals decide to move on from him, even. Um, could be a spot where Chase Brown, you know, steps into that offense on a cheap rookie deal and, you know, becomes a real explosive player for him. Um, another another guy that I liked and another situation that I liked here was Eric Gray going to the Giants. Um, I believe this was a fifth round pick here, uh, but I, I really liked Eric Gray as one of the uh, top pass catching backs in the league. And um, even with Matt Breida there, I, I think Eric Gray has a shot to beat out Matt Breida easily. That he, he could be the, you know, the big Saquon, the Saquon Barkley handcuff here. And I think uh, another guy that you're looking at, maybe late second, uh, that might be a little bit of a reach in the late second to get a handcuff. But if you're a Barkley owner, I mean, certainly you could take a shot at him. But he's a great PPR guy. Uh, I think he has uh, the ability to take over that second spot. Um, and you know, in an offense where we did kind of see, you know, Saquon bounce back, um, there's certainly the ability for him to get on the field in passing situations. So I really like Eric Gray, uh, going uh, to the giants. And then the last one I'll, uh, I'll touch base on maybe even two more because there, there's a couple of flyers here that I think, wow, you throw a dart here, see what happens. One of them's Kenny McIntosh. We kind of talked about earlier. Uh, Seattle taking two running backs here, but Kenny McIntosh is a little bit different from what Charbonnet and Kenny Walker will actually do for the Seahawks. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, probably uh, the second best pass catcher in this uh, draft class, right behind Jameer Gibbs. Um, he was buried behind Zamir White and James Cook in, uh, at Georgia, but he finally emerged as the back last year, uh, leading them in rushing and receptions. So I think he has the opportunity um, because uh, Travis Homer is no longer there with the Seahawks. He really has the opportunity there to become that third down pass catching running back. I think ultimately he does beat out DJ Dallas and you're looking at a one, two punch with Zach Charbonnet and Kenny Walker. Uh, but then, you know, Kenny McIntosh coming in on third downs, uh, that could be, you know, something, a nice little flex play in PPR leagues. Um, and then, okay. Last one I promise is, yeah, good. uh, Dwayne McBride going to the Vikings. I, I think Dwayne McBride was another running back. I was surprised to see fall so far. Um, he's probably the only seventh round running back that I'm willing to take in like the third round and be comfortable with that just because there's mass speculation about where Delvin Cook's going to play next year. You still have Alexander Madison there, but I, I do really think that their offense and Kevin O'Connell, they're, they're more than likely going to utilize two running backs, especially if Dalvin Cook leaves. So Dwayne McBride's in a situation where, you know, we don't know where Dalvin Cook's going to play, much like, you know, is Derrick Henry still going to be in Tennessee? So you're looking at a situation here where you throw a dart at him in the third or fourth round. He's definitely worth a flyer um, in your dynasty uh, drafts just because of the fact that there, this running back room is, you know, is kind of wide open. Not really, but kind of is. Um, so he was very productive at UAB. Um, he's going to be behind Madison uh, ultimately, but you know if they decide to move on from Dalvin Cook, uh, you know having McBride there, you know I think is a great value in uh, the third, even fourth uh, round of your rookie draft. So just some of the uh, the running backs there that I think uh, if you're looking for a running back late in. Uh, Late in your leagues, uh, definitely some eyes, uh, some names to keep an eye on. We didn't mention, you know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, uh, 
Stenson Bennett even, Hendon Hooker. What are those uh, those guys' values? Um, do you think uh, would be better uh, better off to maybe you know swing a little bit earlier based on the long term aspect? Um, really, the only quarterback that I would probably be willing to do that with is Hendon Hooker, just because of what's around him. Stash. I mean, you look at yeah, it's it's a clear stash in my opinion. Some of these, so I, we we can kind of talk a little bit about some of these late run, you know, late run a, a quarterbacks that we're taking. Um, it's the Hendon Hooker behind, obviously, uh, the top uh, three that went in the first. Um, I would even put Hook, Hendon Hooker above Will Levis. I mean, yeah, Will Levis got second round capital, but you're going into a murky situation with Tennessee. I mean. Uh, it, the quarterback room there, you, you're probably moving on from Tannehill. You already have Malik Willis there. It's probably a situation I I don't even want to you know mess with. But if you're a real big Will Levis guy, you really believe in him, certainly you can take him in the third round, stash him, see what happens. Because obviously the Titans, uh, you know that GM that took Malik Willis is no longer there. So the Titans, they're probably not going to have Malik Willis for much longer. No, he'll get but traded it, eventually. I feel. Yeah, but Hendon Hooker, I mean, you you're not gonna have him this year, obviously, even if he was healthy. Um, but something somebody to keep an eye out. Uh, I think probably more or less a fourth round pick, uh, just because uh, quarterback. Yeah, obviously, two QB league is probably going in the second round. Um, maybe, uh, maybe third round, but one QB league, uh, probably a fourth round stash somewhere in there. Uh, just because yeah, you know, I, I like him better than Will Levis just because of the potential situation that he could come into if you know weapons, if he hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, he's just got better weapons, got a better O line, uh better running game, just overall there he's gonna be on a better team. Um if you want me to throw out another quarterback here that might be interesting, I, I look at somebody like a Jaron Hall from BYU. Uh, who was picked by the Vikings. Uh, certainly, we don't really know what ha- what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins here in the next couple years. Uh, they had Kellen Mond there, who was a, a guy that I did like coming out of um, Texas A&M. Jaron Hall is a little undersized, but, I mean, he's 6'1", 205, has some mobility, played at BYU, so probably not a lot of uh, prospect, not a lot of people kind of, you know, watch BYU football. Uh, but, I, you know, there's a shot at upside here. Uh, just because of his ability you know, to be a little bit more more mobile than Kirk Cousins, um, so somebody that might even go undrafted in one QB leagues that you could take a flyer on. Uh, but other than that, you know, you look at somebody like uh, you know Stetson Bennett going to the Rams. They're they're clearly in a rebuild, and you still have Stafford there, so um, that probably won't you know pan out for another year or two. Um, the Jake uh, Hayner to the that's to the, the one I was going to say. I like that one. Like that that one is interesting, uh, just because of the obviously all, all these quarterbacks aren't going to be starting. Let's just you know, I mean, that's just the the way it is here. But um, you know, kind of intriguing that uh, we're both looking at uh, quarterbacks that went to the same college. Um, but I mean, you know, somebody that you could probably stash. Uh, but even uh, DTR, Dorian Thomas Robinson, will probably be the uh, backup to uh, yeah, D- Deshaun Watson. So if Watson were to ever miss time for whatever reason, certainly DTR could step in uh, after they lost Jacoby Brissett. It's a great fit um, for a backup, too, I think, especially I, the type of way Watson plays. I agree. So, yeah, if I if I had to pick one of these quarterbacks, it's definitely Hennon Hooker that I'm stashing. Yep, I agree. 
All right, guys. We'll appreciate it. Um, like I said, we're gonna have some more episodes here coming up. We got our uh, dynasty draft here in a couple weeks. Here, Jeej, uh, a little nervous for that one, but uh, very curious to see what happens with that and see uh, what players move up and down based on that timeline that we have. Oh yeah, all I know is is I'm ready to cook. You ready to cook? Brad Holmes yeah. cooking? Are we gonna break mm-hmm. break any tables here? Uh, we might. If somebody falls to me, I might fucking put some. <laughs> I, put, I might put myself through a table. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, we'll uh, we'll get back to it, and uh, we'll get you more with uh, more episodes here later. Appreciate it. Until next time. See you.